0: For I am crucified The cross requires cling to the
1: one. Heart. The Gospel of John. As we're going through the Gospel of John, God is going to greatly bless your heart, your ears, and your mind for tuning in today. Amen. You are going to be super encouraged with this passage of Scripture. Amen. So, if you want to turn to the Gospel of John, we're in John chapter 15, we're going to start in verse number 26, verse number 26, and we're going to talk about the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, amen? Uh, If you know someone who's hearing impaired, send them to Deaf Church. Go to the Deaf Church app. Download it on your mobile device to hear some great messages in sign language. So the Gospel of John, John chapter 15, verse number 26. The Bible says, but when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of Truth, which proceedeth from the Father. He shall testify of me. Listen to that. But when the comforter... Who doesn't love comfort? Who doesn't want comfort? Especially in the time of hurt, need, sorrow, pain. Everybody wants Some comfort. Some people are good at giving it, and some people are just not naturally. But some are just comforters. But listen to me. The comforter that comes from God can reach down inside of a person's heart and just blanket them in comfort. If you are a believer, and listen, the Lord says, the Father says, I'm the one that sent it. It's the spirit. Listen to this. The spirit of truth. So it's the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, that gives you the power to be the testimony of Christ. Did you know that? To testify what is the truth? Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ is the truth it's the comforter the holy spirit that gives you the power to be a testimony for christ it's the power he gives you the power to do the work of the lord it comes from the holy spirit it doesn't come from you oh no you remember peter he denied christ three times but when he received the holy spirit he preached and thousands got saved and he was a bold witness for christ and you will be too amen So listen to me. The Holy Spirit gets the attention of both sinner and saint. Isn't that something? Now, there is a difference. Here's the difference. A believer has the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. Whereas with a sinner, someone who is not saved, the Holy Spirit is trying to get their attention to be saved. And they're not going to get saved apart from the Holy Spirit. John 6 tells you that. No man can come to me except the Father, which has sent me, draw him up, and I will raise him at the last day. So it is even the Holy Spirit that draws you to salvation. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. And He pursued us and he saw after us, just like somebody who falls in love and somebody's not in love with them yet. They're going to pursue them. Amen. Wanting them to fall in love with them. And let me just tell you someone who is not saved, not born again, and you hear the question that what about the guy in the jungle that's never heard a missionary, never heard a preacher, never saw a Bible? Well, the Bible answers that question very clearly in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20 that they have absolutely no excuse. The Bible says for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Now listen to that. Being understood. They fully understand what? That there is an eternal power. There is a God. But even deeper than that, the Bible says that they understand that there is a God head, that there is a Father, there is a Son, and there is a Holy Ghost, and that they need salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you go to many of these jungles or if you've read about them or seen them on TV, they know there's a God. Most of the time, they make up their own God, as many do here in in America. They've got religion, but they don't got Jesus. Amen. They make up a God that wants nothing but great and wonderful things for their life and they can do and live however they want. But listen to me, that is not the God of the Bible. That is a God that they made up in their own mind so that they can live the way that they want to. That's right. They made a God up themselves. And so for the saved person, the Holy Spirit, See, for a saved person, we have no excuse not to be, just like that verse says, that they are without excuse. Listen to me, a saved person has no excuse not to be fully filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Romans eight fourteen tells you, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Verse 16 says, the Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. God, you hear what that says, bears witness with our spirit. The spirit himself bears witness with the believer's spirit that he is a member of God's family. And let me just tell you what comfort, like that verse says, the comforter, what comfort that is to know that you are a child of God, that if I were to take my last breath today, I would be in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. How do you, I mean, that is just wonderful, man. That is such comfort. And he bears witness to that. Amen. And God speaks to us. But God speaks to us. Listen to me. It's not by some crazy charismatic movement and running all over the place. No, sir. No, ma'am. God speaks to us primarily through his word, through the Bible. Listen to me, he gave us 66 books to read to get to know him, to walk with him and talk with him and get truth for your life, get direction for your life. Amen. The Bible says it is a lamp unto my feet. It shows me where I'm at, what's all around me and what path I'm on. And it shows me where I need to go. It is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It shows me where I'm at and it shows me where i need to go you say i want to know what god has for my life what is the will for my life i have all these open doors man there's a couple shut ones but there's all these doors what do i do get in god's word seek his face pray and ask for his direction and listen to me he's not going to come down and say don't go that way don't go this way don't go but what he'll do is he won't give you no peace about that decision no, that's not where you're supposed to be. No, this is what I gave you to do. This is my divine will for your life. And he'll give you that peace. He will bear witness to your spirit. So listen to me. As a Christian reads the Bible, the spirit confirms, hey, that's true because he is or she has trusted the Savior as in now a child of God. Amen, glory to God to that. That's what comfort, no matter what happens. Listen, I'm heaven bound with the hammer down. Son, I'm ready, here we go. Yes, sir. Now you can grieve that spirit. You, You certainly can by what? By allowing sin into your life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter four, verse 30, and grieve not, listen to me, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Does that sound like a request? Does that sound like, I really wish you wouldn't do that? No, listen to me. He says, this is a command. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. As I've preached to many teens, oh, many, many, mostly boys, but I often explain to them this way. Because, you know, a boy has a close connection with their mom, especially, especially you know, around those 13, 14, 15 ages, which a boy has all his life, but um, they're connected to their mama. And I ask them, have y'all ever done something that hurts your mama so bad that she she didn't even have words for it? She just looked at you and you could see the, the, the hurt in her eyes because of what you have done. And, I mean, it brought tears to her eyes. And it hurt you to see your mama hurt like that, didn't it? Now imagine how a holy God feels when you sin against him willingly and you grieve that Holy Spirit and you hurt him. And listen, he has put his stamp on you. You are sealed under the day of redemption. He loves you. He will never let you go. Listen to me. That verse there says you are sealed. You are. No matter what you do, no matter what you sin, you are not going to lose your salvation. God said, no man can pluck them out of my father's hand. That's what Jesus said. And listen, no man means not even you. When he says no man, he means everybody. So listen to me, we should keep sound of our life, so we don't grieve the Holy Spirit. We should watch how we talk and get angry. Be careful with our actions and our attitudes and our looks and browbeating people and looking down on people. We should be very careful about those things. Why? Not because of that person. Yeah, we don't want to hurt them, but it hurts us. But it mostly hurts the Holy Spirit, and it hurts the work of God amen? And there is nothing, nothing, nothing more important than the work of God. There is nothing more important than seeing people's souls saved from the fires of hell. All these shiny lures and money and houses and cars and things and prestige and none of those things mean anything. But when a person gets saved, man, they're going to spend eternity with God. And listen to me, God didn't come to save the whales or the birds or the ocean or this or that. No, he laid his life down for a souls, for souls souls that he loved amen let me tell you some things about the Holy Spirit anything that is not holy is distasteful to him, remember what the Bible says, eat and drink even unto the Lord, eat everything that you do, eat drink even unto the Lord and that you can do it in a holy manner so I believe anything that is not holy is distasteful Him and listen, we are sealed by Him, like the Bible says, unto the day of redemption. And as I mentioned, a seal speaks of ownership and security. You belong to Jesus, you have the stamp, the seal of Jesus Christ on your life, the guarantee with the Holy Spirit that you belong to Him, and the Holy Spirit is the seal. The Holy Spirit is a seal that guarantees our preservation until Christ returns for us and our salvation is complete. Because listen, the moment you get saved, the moment you get born again and the Holy Spirit moves in, now your soul is saved. I mean, you are saved from the penalty of sin, but this body is not yet saved. This body is still sinful. This body will still get old. This body will still get sick. This body will still die unless Christ comes back. But listen to me, when Christ comes back, the Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first and those that are with them will be caught up in the air. And at that moment, at that moment, your salvation will be complete with body and soul, and you will receive your glorified body to forever be with the Lord. Amen. But while we are here in this sinful body, even though we're saved, we still haven't a sinful body, a sinful nature, we need to be very careful to not quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 tells you it's a command, quench not The spirit, amen? And the fact that he can be grieved, listen to this, this is so important to me and so important to you and so important to God, the fact that he can be grieved or quenched shows that the Holy Spirit is a person It's not just some outside influence, no sir, no ma'am. It is a part of the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He is an individual and he has a job to do in your life. And listen, but he's all still yet fully one in God. You say fully explain that. I cannot, but I can fully believe it. I don't fully understand everything about my body. The red and white blood cells, how your body can defend itself from sickness and get better and how some sicknesses they can't heal. I don't understand any of that, but yet I fully believe it because I know it's true. Just like I fully believe the father, the son, and the Holy ghost. Amen. The three are one. And so to quench the spirit means to stifle his work in your life, in the church life, in the Christian walk to stifle his work in our midst to, in other words let's to limit him to hinder him and what does that sin quenches the spirit well, what are some sins well you know <laughs> you know why because god has given you a conscience and conscience simply means con with and then with knowledge He has written the law upon your heart. You remember, like we said, the person that's in the jungle that's never read a Bible, never heard a preacher, he has a conscience and he knows that God has written those laws upon his heart. He knows what sin is. He most certainly does. And he's done it to every human being. You hear me? So here's some things that you may not think would quench the spirit. How about some traditions might quench him? Some things that are not in the Bible yet, but we're, some people expect you to do it just because it's tradition, or some man-made rules and man-made regulations. Now, we should do everything to get along. I totally understand. And there's some great and wonderful traditions, and I'm not putting them down. I'm simply saying, though, if they're not in the Bible, if they're not in the Bible, You have to be careful. Amen. That's all I'm saying. Please keep it that simple. And even some man-made rules or regulations. But here's the one, a huge one. I mean, this is massive. Disunity. Disunity quenches the Holy Spirit. It most certainly does. Disunity among believers, especially within the church. Why? Because it stifles and hurts and hinders the work of God. Amen. You know, cold looks, contemptuous words, silence, unsympathetic criticism, those things quench the Spirit. And you should be and I should be very, very careful of those. Why? Because we do not want to hinder, halt, or stop the work of God. Amen? And these things go a long way to quench the Holy Spirit. Most certainly your attitude, my attitude, my outward look, can stifle and stop the work of the Holy Spirit. My attitude. Listen to this. Charles Ryer says that the spirit is quenched whenever his ministry is stifled in an individual or in a church. But it starts with the individual. It starts with me. I'm responsible for me. I can't be responsible for anybody else. Maybe my children and my family, yes, but I can only be responsible for me and my own heart, amen, and that's what God wants, to keep my heart right, to keep my heart soft, amen, soft to him, soft to other people, you see, the world, I man, the world says you got to be hard, you have got to be hard, and, and they, they esteem that, that hate, they don't, they, don't, they don't let anybody bother them. They don't care what anybody thinks about them. They are going to stand their own. But listen to me, that is not right in the eyes of God. God wants you to have a soft heart. Love him, love people. It simply comes down to this, the Christian walk. Love God and love people. And listen, the more that you love God, the more that you're going to love people and the more the spirit of God is going to be stirred within you and you will be a witness for him. Amen. Let's look at the next verse, the gospel of John, John chapter 15, verse number 27. And the Bible says, and ye also shall bear witness because ye have been with me from the beginning. And he's speaking to the disciples, but he's also speaking to you. The disciples had been with the Lord from the beginning of his public ministry and they were especially qualified to tell that he is is definitely the savior of the world. They could testify to the fact that he was the sinless, spotless lamb of God. But let me just tell you, you can too. You can too because you have been with the work of the Lord ever since your moment of salvation and God wants certain things from you. He has a certain divine will for your life. Amen. Let me just tell you this, and this is very convicting to me, and I pray, I pray that it's very convicting to you. You and I, we have just as much responsibility as the disciples of Jesus Christ to spread the good news of the gospel. Think about that. You have, and I have, just as much responsibility. Now, think about this. Here's three thoughts. We have the Bible in its entirety. They did not. The disciples did not. Oh, yes, they had Jesus in their midst, but the Gospels were still being written. Now, they had some of the Old Testament, amen, and you have to love it. The Old Testament, everything in the Old Testament points to the New Testament everything is about Jesus. Praise the Lord. Everything, it's all about Jesus. So we have the Bible in its entirety from Genesis to Revelations. We have 66 books that point to the salvation and the work of the cross. Amen. Here's number two we can read the full story of Christ in the Bible. We know what was going to happen. We know what's going to happen. We know the outcome. We know the very end. We know who wins the battle and we know who wins the victory. It's kind of like if you were going to watch a a game on television, not that I watch them, I don't. But if I sat down to watch them and two teams were playing and somebody had already told me, hey, such and such team wins. Well, you already know the outcome. It doesn't matter if it gets down to there's five minutes left and the other team is a point, is a head by 50 points, you already know the other team's going to win. And let me just tell you, no matter what happens on this earth, all these hurricanes and COVID-19 and sickness and pneumonia and people getting crazy and acting nuts. Listen, it doesn't matter what how bad it looks. We know who wins the victory. God does the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Third thought, we receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation, the moment you get saved, the Holy Spirit moves in and you are sealed. And the day of redemption, the Bible says, "Amen." Now they didn't have that at that time. They had Jesus in their midst, but it wasn't till the Comforter had come in the in the Book of Acts. The Book of Acts is a transitional book. See, they didn't have the Holy Spirit right at that moment, but the moment that the Holy Spirit was sent, they received. Power, power to what? Power to preach the word of God, to spread the gospel, to tell the truth, amen? But we receive it the moment we get saved. So there's three things to think about that we have just as much responsibility as the disciples of Jesus Christ to spread the gospel. We have the Bible in its entirety. We can read the full story of Christ in the Bible and we receive the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation, amen? Let's look at the next chapter in the gospel of John. John chapter 16, verse number one. These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. Now, listen to this. This is to you also. I'm going to read that again. These things have I spoken unto you that ye should not be offended. The disciples, like the Jewish people, listen, listen to this thought that God, that Jesus was coming right then to break the power of Rome and to set up his kingdom right there on earth. Now, Jesus is going to set up his kingdom. He most certainly is. But at that time, at that time, that was not his plan to come and break the power of Rome the way that they thought, like pull out his sword of lightning and start cutting people in half. And I'm taking over and I'm the king now. No, he will one day. The Bible says that he's coming back, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And he will, he will, he will be on the throne. Amen. But instead of that, Back then, the Lord told them that he was, he was going to die. He was going to rise again, and he was going to go back to heaven. Amen. Now, listen, don't you know that shocked them? Because they thought he was coming right then to set up his kingdom here on earth. Now, he will one day. But you know what they thought? Wait a minute. Whoa, wait a minute, Lord. That's not what we thought. We, we as people say, wait, Lord, that's not our plan. That's not how I thought it out. That's not how I had it drew out on paper or thought out of my mind. But the Lord says, your plan doesn't matter. But my plan means everything. Listen to me. Even in my life, my plan for my life doesn't matter. But God's plan for my life means everything. And that is what I want. From him, Listen to me, but you can't have God's plan in your life without being saved, without being born again. You have got to realize that you're a sinner in need of a savior, that you can't save yourself, but you want to be part of God's kingdom. You don't want to go to hell. You've got to repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the finished work on the cross from the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.
0: We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support Or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, youtube and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com if you are pregnant woman in need of help there is hope you can reach out to the citrus pregnancy center there are locations in inverness and in crystal river their phone number is 352-341-5176 that's 352-341-5176 this broadcast